Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of the message is The Art of Encouraging Yourself. The Art of Encouraging Yourself. When David was a small boy, he would walk through rolling hills of high grass, leading his flock of sheep from green pasture to green pasture. This young boy with shaggy hair and bright eyes and a sun-kissed face was the one who offered the Lord Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and leads me down paths of righteousness for his namesake. Though he was leading sheep, he was following the Prince of Peace. I've learned the most mature among us have learned to lead The people that God has given us, our children, our family, our friends, our friends at the workplace, while at the same time pursuing the presence of God. And those of us who are not leading while pursuing should have every word judged, every action analyzed. Because leaders who are leading without pursuing the presence of God are making decisions out of their flesh and not out of their spirit. And so David, as a young man, naturally gravitated towards the pursuit of God. But then as he became an older man, maybe in his late teens, early 20s, The season of life began to shift. People who said that they loved him began to hunt him, to kill him. He was running in the hills, hiding in the caves of Adullam. He was betrayed by people and felt forgotten by God. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Where people who say that they love you never leave you or forsake you. Best friends, blood brothers, people that you've bumped chests with, made promises with, stayed late late at night in a parking lot on the back of a truck promising we're going to be boys for life. All of a sudden it's that exact person that betrays you. We could handle it. If we were betrayed or hated by an enemy, we could handle that. But to be betrayed by a family member, to be betrayed by a friend, that is so painful. Oftentimes you cannot recover. So now David is on the run. He feels forgotten by God because God should have stepped in by now. 
And so he rallies a band of warriors, a rugged band, not not a polished band with pretty badges. No, no, a rugged band, just roughnecks, about 600 of them. And he takes the 600 men and joins the Philistine army. The enemies of God. He joins the Philistine army to fight against the Israelites, the children of God. What has happened, David? Many of us know that when you are tired and exhausted and faith is dripping out of your fingertips and you can hardly utter the word Jesus because you're so broken, you will find that you are saying and doing things that you never dreamed you would. This is what happens when someone is broken and David was broken. He's saddled up. He's on the battlefield with the Philistines. Someone looks at him and says, we don't trust you. You used to be on that side and now you're on this side. How do we know that by the time we start exchanging blood, you won't turn on us and kill us? Get off the battlefield. They send him off. So now let's summarize. His friends have betrayed him. His enemies don't trust him. And God, it feels as though he has forgotten him. And so now he's got a three-day journey back to Siglag with 600 men with swords that have never been drawn. They're walking back to Ziglag. Stuck in the middle of life. You know, sometimes you're in the hallway. You can't go back into the door that you just came out of. You can't go back to the season that you came from. And you don't know what the next open door is. And so you're stuck in the hallway. Has anyone ever been stuck in the hallway before? Say yes. Come on, help me out. Say yes. Stuck in the hallway. So here he goes. He's walking back to Ziglag, a three-day journey. As he gets closer... He sees above the hills a billow of smoke rising above Ziglag. He gets to Ziglag and the place has been torched. The Amalekites have come in and torched the town. And this is where I draw my text. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 2. And the Amalekites carried off all the women, all the children, and everyone else, although they did not kill them. And then in verse 4, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 4, it says this, And David and the people with him raised their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I'm going to talk about three things. I'm going to talk about how David encouraged himself. Then I'm going to talk about David's inquiry to the Lord. And then I'm going to talk about David, God's answer to David. He encouraged himself 
In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, some of you may be thinking, what happened to the 600 people that you were just marching with? Well, they were over him too. They were ready to stone him and kill him because under his leadership, they lost their families. So now... He can't take his cell phone out and call anybody. Have you ever been driving down the road and you're like, I want to talk to somebody and there's nobody to talk to? Have you ever been in a situation? There's no one to call. There's no one to get help from. There's nowhere to turn. This is where David was. But then those, it's like a, it's, it's like a phantom meaning. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I, I've seen people encourage themselves before. They, uh, uh, they encourage themselves. They get pumped up. They get they they psych themselves up. You're good enough. You're 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 smart enough. You're good enough. And doggone it, people like you. <laughs> I've seen people encourage themselves within themselves and tell them you you're going to get this job. You you're, you're going to get. But how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? This is very important because if you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, you can sleep, rest, and take vacations all you want to. And you'll never find rest. Have you ever been at work on a Wednesday or Thursday and say, I just can't wait for the weekend to get here. And then the weekend comes, and before you know it, you're going to sleep Sunday night, and all you need is another weekend. Because you're so drained, you're so tired, but you slept Friday night, you slept Saturday night, you got your eight hours, you ate an apple in the morning, and you're still exhausted. Why is that? Because you have a physical body. But you are a spiritual being. And if you do not know how to encourage your spirit, your spirit will fail you. Your spirit will fail you. You will doubt everything you've ever heard about God. You will doubt every preacher that's ever preached. You will doubt every scripture that you've ever read. If you do not know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, your spirit will fail you and you will blame people. You will blame people for not doing what only God could do in the first place. How many of you have lived long enough to realize nobody can make you happy? No one has that kind of power. No one can make you happy. It's in here. It's your spirit. If it's strong enough, your face is set like flint. So he encouraged himself in the Lord. So let's just let our imagination run. We've, we, we've read enough Psalms. We've read enough Proverbs. We've read David's writing. How did he do it? He, he blessed the name of the Lord. Psalms 34 verse 1, it says this. I will bless the name of the Lord. His praises will always be on my lips. When he got alone with God, I'm sure he mentioned, I'm sorry. A true son of God, a true daughter of God knows when and how to say sorry. 
They know how to say sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what David knew, because Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 was already written, and he was a Hebrew boy, so he probably memorized it. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy endures forever. They are new and fresh every single morning. So he stood before God and said, thank you so much. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus. And then he began to bless the name of the Lord. Let it come off my lips. I bless you. Blessing the name of the Lord unlocks. A door for you that you cannot open yourself. When you bless the name of the Lord, his presence invades your body. It invades your heart. It touches your spirit. If you are ever looking for the presence of God, bless his name. You won't have to look anymore because his presence comes rushing to you. Jesus, there's got to be something that rises up in your soul. This is Jesus. I thank you for your name and I bless your name. I, I bless your name. I bless your name. And you just go on a rampage about that name. Jesus, that's the name that saved me. Jesus, that's the name that protects me. Jesus, that's the name I call when I need help. Jesus, 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 Jesus. When you bless his name, you come from your soul. If, if you're a Spanish speaker, bendito sea tu nombre, exaltado sea tu nombre. It's got to come from here. I love your name, Jesus. This is a gear that you have to find. You have to find that gear. You have to. A, a pursuit with the Lord is not a casual thing. There's no such thing as a cool Christian. Cool Christians are cold Christians. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Christians who are truly Christians are on fire for God. Revelation chapter 3 verse 16, it says this. That the Lord will look at people and say, because you are neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because you've been lukewarm. There's no such thing. You, you have to say to the Lord, bless your name. Encouraging yourself in the Lord is not talking about yourself as much as you're blessing his name. If you bless his name, the spirit of encouragement will shoot through your veins and set your bones on fire. It'll set your bones on fire. Something will happen to you that you cannot explain. Say, so how do you know I'm sure? I don't need to convince you. You have convinced you that it's true. You came into this sanctuary. You came walking into this sanctuary as just any other woman.
as just any other man. And you participated in worship. And you felt your spirit get strong. We weren't singing about you. You weren't singing about you. The song had nothing to do with you. Every song we sang had everything to do with him. But as you blessed his name, his spirit began to be like lightning in your veins. You had muscles on your teeth. You sat down 10 feet tall. What happened? When you blessed his name, you encouraged yourself in the Lord. That's how you help me out. For all of us who feel like a pancake after a long day, one of those old wrinkly, crackly leaves being blown across the driveway, down the street. Let me tell you, you encourage yourself in the Lord by blessing the name of God. As you bless the name of God, your spirit gets stronger. That's how he encouraged himself in the Lord. But let's talk about the inquiry. Because after he felt stronger, he asked the Lord in verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, he said, he said, shall I pursue? Shall I go after those people? And will I overcome? He was broken. He wasn't confident. He was broken. I'll tell you the strongest person In this room, the strongest person in this room with the Lord is the one who is familiar with brokenness. Brokenness, the path of brokenness, and only that path. Leads to a land where there is no brokenness. You have to be broken before you know what it feels like to be whole. And while you're broken, you become more dependent on the almighty God. If you are never broken, you will never be dependent. You will never be dependent. And so he looks to the Lord and he says, shall I pursue? And will I overcome? Will I win? How is this going to end? How is this going to end? I don't know that I'm strong enough. I don't know if our troops are fast enough. I don't know if we can overpower them. Have you ever been there? The problem is too big. And so the Lord gives his answer. Number three, he says, pursue. You will regain everything that you lost. So David goes back to the 600 troops. Men, stop crying. Stop crying. Our wives are alive. Our children are alive. Our animals that they stole are alive. Everything, it's all alive. And we're going back. And the Lord told me that he will restore everything that has been taken. And so they jumped up. 
They chest bumped. They pushed each other. They did chants. They jumped in the middle. Hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, hey, hey. Boop. Hey, 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 hey. They got so excited. Have you ever received a word from God and you just... You get so excited. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating. That's the word I have to use so I don't complain. It's fascinating. It's fascinating that the Lord will give us a vision without telling us the battles that we have to face before... It seems like the Lord tends to look over and around the battles that we have to face between here and the promise. You know the promise, but you were not aware of the battle. And so everyone's jumping. They're polishing their swords. They had no idea that there were battles still to be fought. They thought the battles were behind them. Have you ever been there? Whew! That was close. (laughs) We almost lost it all. But God told me everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Just not anytime soon. (laughs) They get on their horse. They're whipping and riding. They're jumping off. It's time to cross this this river, and it's 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 a it's it, they got to get through it. And the men are so tired; they want their family back, they want their children back, but they can't take one more step. And just like that. A third of the people that David was depending on sit down and say, I can't take another step. A third out of 600, 200 sit down and say, I can't get up. David does something fascinating. I like that word. He doesn't take his hat off and throw it on the ground. And say, are you kidding me? We're talking about your women. We're talking about your children. We're talking about your stuff. And you can't go any further because you're tired. You're Really? You're tired? Have you ever wanted to talk to somebody like that? You you were expecting support. You were expecting encouragement. And you want to go, I was depending on you. You're probably sitting next to the person. (laughs) So just blink twice. (laughs) I was depending on you. So David gets off the horse and he goes, I get it. Rest. We'll be all right. Something clicked. Oh, thank God for the click. The Bible doesn't call it the click. The Bible calls it revelation. But it's a click. 
Something clicked. He wrote about it. Psalms 138.8. It says, My friends will take such good care of me that they will take care of all that concerns me. That's not what he said. My family will take care of all that concerns me. The revelation, Psalms 138.8, people are dropping like flies. He goes, it's okay. I understand you're tired. No condemnation. No guilt. My God will take care of everything that concerns me. That became his lifeblood. So much so that when his son took the throne after he died, his son wrote down in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 26, it says, The Lord will be my confidence. He will keep my foot from getting caught. It was his lifeblood. It was so much his lifeblood that it got imparted into his son. Something clicked. He looked at them. He says, I understand you're tired, but don't worry about it. God is on our side. I can't see. I can't see it, but I know it. Have you ever been there? I can't see it, but I know it. Come on, put your hands together for that. That's how we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Last week, I've been to Brazil three times. Every time I go to Brazil with this mentor in my life, Dr. Randy, something happens. I see something. I'm around something and I come back different. No miracles happened in this church until I sat down with Dr. Randy in North Carolina. And he said, I believe God's going to use you to heal people. Six months later, someone dies on our stage during service. I was like, there are people who miss prophecies, but you, (laughs) you take the cake. You get the, the award of the worst prophet known to man. He said, well, God was going to use me to heal people. And someone dies on our stage, blood coming out of her nose. I've talked about it many times. Happened at the end of 2018. She came back to life 24 hours later. She was eating pudding in her hospital room when I walked in. She says, I'm really sorry I messed up your service, dude. (laughs) I felt like I got punked. This is impossible. How does someone go into full cardiac arrest and wake up like it was just any other day? But once we've seen God bring someone back to life, We can believe God for anything now. Come on. But this last trip to Brazil was very different. Because I saw someone who was deaf and all of a sudden they could hear. And I was excited. But we've seen that here. Many times. 
I saw someone who was blind in one eye. And then they could completely see. And I was excited. But we've seen people blind in both eyes. And seen here. I can't at this moment think of something I saw in Brazil that I haven't seen here. But this was the revelation. Brazil has been experiencing this for 20 years with hundreds of thousands of people getting saved. In one service, you'd see 40% of the room get saved and not even be surprised, not saved, healed. 40% of the room healed. And then this is when it clicked. Brazil is 20 years ahead of us. We're doing exactly what they're doing. They're just more mature. They're more seasoned. They've been on this wave a little bit longer. So I got to see us in the future. And it is very exciting. It's very, come on, put your hand. It's very exciting. If you're new here, let me just tell you now. What we're about to do right now, we have been doing for three years. We're going to go for healing and people will be healed. Why do we do it every Sunday? Because I'm done preaching. I'm over it. And it doesn't help. If I'm really, really funny, it doesn't fix any of your problems. It just makes you laugh for about 30 seconds. And it's a little self-serving because I want you to think I'm cool. (laughs) It doesn't fix your life. A funny joke doesn't heal your body. Certainly has nothing to do with saving your soul. I'm done preaching. I want to see the power of God move. And if he's not going to move, you don't have to skip church. I'll skip church. We'll both watch golf on Sunday. But God has been so kind and he's been so faithful. And I'm so grateful that when we give him an opportunity to move, he does. I want to show you a video of someone who was healed recently. Hopefully next Sunday. This is a holiday week, so if we can't come through, don't. we'll have it the following Sunday. We're going to show you some videos from Brazil. Some of these healings were so amazing that I was like, I don't believe this just happened. Even though I've seen a lot of it, it's still, it's like the first one I've ever seen every time. I pulled them aside and said, just speak Portuguese. Tell me what happened. I have no idea what they're saying, but their tears are telling me everything. We will transcribe at least one of those for next Sunday. But let me show you a testimony that just happened recently here in this room. Pastor Frankie had a service, had a service about a month ago, and he had a a word of knowledge about 
arteries. And I didn't respond to that because I wasn't thinking it applied to me. But then my husband tapped me on the side and told me that I needed to go. And I told him it's because of my heart. Yes, he says heart arteries. Now, I've had this issue with the pressure on my heart to the point to where when I would come to service, I used to always love to sit at the front, but with the bass and the drums hitting, it put even more pressure on my heart that I would have to start spitting towards the back. And uh, so I went, I went and it's been, I would say over 15 years, cause I do have a heart issue that I've dealt with this, with the pressure but the doctors are not able to do anything right now because they say that I'm okay, I have to be at a certain point. So if I had to live with this pressure on my heart. Then the pastor, like I said, gave a word of knowledge and asked for those to come down that had problems with the artery. And so I came down after my husband encouraged me <laughs> to go down. I came down and he did pray over me. I wasn't, I didn't receive anything the first time, but then he prayed again and I started to feel the pressure coming off and I started to sway back and forth and I just knew it was the Holy Spirit that was coming upon my body and healing me. And at this time, I have not had any issues whatsoever. I no longer have my pressure on my pain. I'm excited about that because, but I know I know that I am healed in Jesus' name. Let me, for, for those of you that are new, she said a word of knowledge, that I had a word of knowledge. Let me explain what that means. A prophetic word is when God tells you what he's going to do in the future. A word of knowledge is the knowledge of what he wants to do right now. And so there, at this time of the service, the Lord's so gracious that if I ask for it, if I lean in that direction, he'll tell me who he wants me to pray for. And there's times where I'm wondering, am I talking to myself? Is that really God? I'm never, well, a couple, maybe less than five times. I was 100% sure. But after three years, hundreds and hundreds, over, well, into the thousands probably, over a thousand for sure, of leaning in, it's like 98%, 99% of the time, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure until I say it and somebody raises their hand and says, that's me. If someone raises their hand and says, that's me, that's confirmation to me and to them that I did hear from God. And when I pray for them, the probability of them being healed historically, it's like, it's almost 100%. And the other thing that it does is not only when someone raises their hand, do I have confirmation that I've heard from God? They have confirmation that I've heard from God. 
But everybody in the sanctuary, their faith gets to rise because it's like, man, God spoke. Everybody's faith goes up. Because it's human nature to be a little skeptical. It's human nature. But when I say something with faith and then someone raises their hand with faith and then they let me pray with them out of faith, everybody's faith goes up, especially when we get to see them on the screen the next week or the following week. But I never know until this moment right now. So if you would, stand up on your feet for me, please. And let me say this. God does not speak to me any more or any less than he speaks to you. In fact, most of the miracles and healings happen from our prayer partners. Last year or two years ago, we took 38 people with us to Brazil. Most of them never had a word of knowledge in their life. To this day, they know how to give a word of knowledge. If I were to call them up right now, they could have a word of knowledge right now. So whatever you see me do, and you desire that, you can as well. Now, if I'm wrong, just brush it off and pretend like nothing happened over the last 60 seconds. But let me ask. It's like in the abdomen area. And if I knew the, the, like, my daughter's really smart, so when she takes a biology class, she remembers everything. I only got Fs in biology. That's all I got in biology. Partly because I didn't even go, but, but, like, right in here. There's something not right. Something's wrong. Right in here. Maybe. Is that anybody in this room? Okay. Okay. It's your wife. I want to pray with you. But is there anyone in this room right now? You? Come here. Where is it? Is it on both sides or just it's both sides? Is it you too? It's on both sides? Right there. Yeah. Anyone else? That's the only one. That's the only condition I feel like I'm supposed to go for. like our prayer partners to come down if they will all the prayer partners holiday seasons are tough for families
you need the Holy Spirit to come into your family. I want you to come out of your seat and take the hand of a prayer partner. If there's no prayer partners available, I just want you to stand at the bottom of the aisle. Sometimes, and we'll direct you to the first prayer partner that's available. Can all these prayer partners just slide over about four steps? All these? All these, just come all the way over. Yeah, just keep going. All the way to, yeah, because we got more people over there than we have over here. What was I saying? Yes, thank you. If you come down here for prayer for family or anything else and there's no prayer partners available, just wait right down here at the bottom of the aisle. We'll direct you to the first available prayer partner. If you need healing in your body, come down here and pray with a prayer partner. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes and you're not sure where you'd spend eternity, the Bible says that you're if you're ashamed of him in front of men, he'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father. So come out of your seat and take the hand of a prayer partner and just tell them I need to get right with God and they'll take care of the rest. Would you raise your hands in this room? Spirit of the Lord, we love you. I'm not going to dismiss everyone. You can leave when you get ready. Spirit of the Lord, we love you. And we honor you. Thank you for meeting with us today. And would you do some mighty miracles in the hearts and in the bodies and the souls and the spirits in this room. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.